Now the people's on top And to a lot they in the underdog slot But the fact is they're the champs of the AFC North A playoff berth is what they got Ain't had a shot since it was 2015 Hey how you guys doing? This is the producer from Rose Comics Welcome to the Who Day Over 40 podcast For long time, long suffering Cincinnati Bengals fans Who day everybody? Uh, we are kind of going a little bit of a curve here We're going to do like a crossover show Talk to uh, one of the biggest Atlanta sports fans That we all know it's home team Brandon Leach from 680 The Fan. Brandon, how you doing, bro? Gentlemen, awesomely awesome. Thank you for the time tonight. That's the Absolutely. Yeah, before we hit the record button, like, you know, Hutch and I were talking about, I mean, we've like 20 years of being fans, man, from different radio stations, different shows, man. I mean, you are literally one of the voices of Atlanta sports, man. So we definitely appreciate you coming on. Well, I, certainly, I certainly appreciate the support. Hope uh, I've been able to infotain over 20 years, man. And uh, uh, the key card still is working. The key card still works. So as long as it's working, I'm going to keep on doing what I'm doing. That's it. Yes, yeah. sir. That's, some, that's for sure. So we're going to talk about this falcons Bengals game that's coming up. You know, we always – we're from Ohio originally. I lived in the A for 10-plus years. Hutch is still there. There's this kind of weird connection between like Cincinnati, Dayton and Atlanta. You know, it's just on 75. So you got a lot of people from Ohio that live in Atlanta and, you know, kind of vice versa when people kind of come up north. So let's talk about the Falcons. All right. So Matt Ryan leaves. That's a uh, was a huge deal. I thought and I think a lot of Falcon fans thought, too, that the Falcons were going to go into, you know, like we're going to, you know, suck for Stroud or one of those types of situations, but that hasn't been the case. What's been different this year at three and three? I don't, I don't think a lot of people were expecting this. No, I think, uh, you know, a lot of guys, including myself, I, I, I don't know what we've been looking at the first six weeks. And I think we have to admit we've been looking at good coaching that, oh, uh, everything that we were told, uh, last year and, uh, throughout mini camp and training camp this year, from head coach Arthur Smith, it's come to fruition that Marcus Mariota is the right quarterback for his system. He has guys that he will trust, and anybody in a game he trusts to make plays to help them win football games, and the defense is going to be a lot better than it was last year. Those things have held to be true. Um, this is a team that's 3-3 three and three right now, and it's not for maybe a bad call one of the worst calls in the history of the NFL oh, against man. Greg Jarrett and running the Packers <laughs> call. And uh, Marcus, Marcus Mariota with a fumble uh, with nobody around him in week one against the Saints where the Saints were covered. The Falcons looked like they were going into the end zone. We, we could be looking at a 5-1 and one Falcon team. So uh, mm-hmm. as Bill Parcells said, you are what you are. And I think bottom line is Matt Ryan – uh, for as great of a quarterback as he is, they're just things that he can't do in this offense. And until they get the players they want, they have to do certain things, which is run bootlegs, have the quarterback running RPOs, and having the quarterback take off and run uh, when there's some third and long situations. And, uh, you know, Matt Ryan's the greatest quarterback, greatest Falcon of all time. But for what Arthur Smith needs, he's getting from Marcus Mariota, even though the Falcons haven't thrown for a thousand yards yet this season. And <laughs> week six was the first week that Marcus Mariota did not have a turnover. Wow. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's like one of my other questions too. So he's fully behind like Mariota. Like he's on a one year contract though, right? Two year deal. He signed okay. a two year deal. Um, it's team friendly, uh, where, you know, if they decide to keep him, it won't hurt him. If they decide to cut him, it won't hurt him. The biggest thing was uh, the Falcons were, you know, they had the worst 
dead cap space in the history of the yeah. NFL salary cap. <laughs> so yeah. well, as we've been saying here, they've been broke. So they couldn't mm-hmm. go out and get free agents, and they, they got them in here on a on a, a deal that was amenable to both sides. And now it looks like it's paying off, and you would just think as time goes on, the quarterback might just get better. And that's the case. I really don't know what we might be looking at. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was the thought. My, I, my thought, you know, if I was my secondary team here, I'm like, oh, they're just going to try to, you know, get one of those lower records put themselves in a position to get one of those quarterbacks near the top of the draft. But, I mean, they're literally playing themselves out of that. Well, yeah, and I think, you know, Arthur Smith never came in with that. They weren't in a tank situation. They weren't tanking for a quarterback. And, you know, you start looking at some of these quarterbacks that were drafted a few years ago. Mitchell Trubisky's on the bench. And, you know, uh, Justin Fields has had a slow start to his career. So, guys, we thought <laughs> coming out of college, they were, they were going to light it up. They haven't been able to light it up yet. So I don't think Arthur Smith is trying to tank and trying to see if it's going to be C.J. Stroud or trying to see uh, what quarterback Bryce Young it could be. He is going to pick the best players available. And I think the way they've set this thing up, they're going to build through the trenches, offensive and defensive line, and see if they can insert a quarterback, which might end up expediting uh, the Falcons where they want to be. If you build everything else up and then wait on the quarterback – you won't have to overpay and won't have a bad salary cap situation when you do. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, you had alluded to it that every game is close. Now, the Bengals are, are in the exact same situation. They are three and three, could easily be five and one, six and oh as well. You know, lost last second overtime to the Steelers, lost on a field goal at the end of the game to Dallas as well. You know, I mean, just won a game, you know, against the Saints on a last, you know, 60 yard touchdown bomb to Jamal. You're, you're welcome. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we all hate we all hate the Saints. <laughs> so like so when the when the I'm sorry, when the Falcons have the ball on offense, this is they're just trying to run it, right? Like this is what we're doing. We want to keep Mario with under twenty attempts. Yeah. That's the long and the short <laughs> of the Falcons team. Uh we're gonna run the Falcons. Uh they beat the San Francisco 49ers with the best defensive fronts of football, now, albeit they had three guys out, some some pro bowlers and some really uh, wins you know, win. head busters. But, you know, that's not what history is going to record. The history is going to record. Uh, Kyle Shanahan, the old offensive coordinator, came into town, and he could not run all over the Falcons. And right. despite their defensive guys being out, they only scored 14 points. So right. they want to run the ball, control the clock. Uh, Marcus Mariota was named NFC Offensive Player of the Week. He threw 14 passes. He completed 13, and the one he uh, did not complete, he threw away, which was the right decision to make. So, yeah, they want to throw the ball, and they want to use misdirection. They want to use the tight ends. They want to use Kyle Pitts, and they want to use Drake London, but they don't want Marcus Mariota throwing it 35 times a game to do it. Right. Now you bring up Pitts. Like, he's off to a slow start for this year. They're not trying to turn him into a blocker, are they? I mean, he had over 1,000 yards last year. Yeah, I think they're still trying to figure it out, and he's trying to figure out uh, his role. He is not a great blocker. When you look at some of the tight ends around the league, you know, he's not Mark Andrews. He's not uh, Travis Kelsey, who can block and get out of run. But he is a matchup nightmare. I mean, the guy is 6'5", mm-hmm. and you're going to have a problem trying to guard him. So it goes back to how the offense is is working. You did invest a high draft pick in him, but – uh, if he is able to do damage in the red zone, able to convert on some third downs, Arthur Smith doesn't care uh, about 
what your stats are as long as they win the football game. And, you know, we as fantasy football connoisseurs and people <laughs> yeah. sitting there and sitting yeah. in the stands want to know what's going on. Yeah. But at the end of the day, uh, he's being used and utilized uh, in some packages. Uh, one of the more head-scratching things is sometimes he comes out in the red zone. Sometimes he comes out around yeah. the 10-yard line. And because they could go tight and heavy – and they can run the ball so far the way they want to. Uh, Kyle Pitts and the way he's used is used efficiently, even if it's sometimes two or three catches or two or three targets, and sometimes one touchdown like last week. But that one touchdown was part of a twenty-eight fourteen win. Right. What's it up with Drake London? I know a lot of people during the draft were like, "Why are they taking him and passing up on some of the other receivers? How's he done this far?" I think kind of like Kyle Pitts, he's uh, settling in and he's doing his job. I think both guys in the room of truth um, would like to have more targets. There's no wide receiver that doesn't want to prepare all summer long and then work out all week and not get targets and balls. But he is uh, following into the team concept. He's another problem. He's 6'4", and uh, he has the least amount of drops amongst all rookies. So uh, he's catching things that are thrown his way. He is active. He's been able to get into the end zone just not at the volume of some of your uh, other high-rate uh, targeted uh, wide receivers. But I think over time, that will change, and his efficiency, uh, efficiency and his effectiveness uh, will become more potent, potent as time goes along. So the Falcons are getting the Bengals at the best time or maybe the worst time for the Bengals. Uh, DJ Reader, defensive tackle, out on the pup. Josh Kupile, one of their other defensive tackles, a primary run stopper. He was on the walking boot expected to be missing starting middle linebacker Logan Wilson also probably going to be out with a shoulder concern so a team that likes to run the ball is going up against a team that gave up 220 plus yards last week to the Saints so uh, you know this is going to be a ground and pound I'm I'm sure they're looking for another you know 15 attempts to Marcus Mariota Oh, yeah. Uh, they're going to run the ball no matter what. They ran the ball when they were down 21 to nothing against Tampa Bay, who's got one of the best <laughs> front sevens. They, they didn't care. It's fourth quarter. They're still running the ball. It's like they have to throw the ball at some point. No, uh, the way Arthur Smith is running his offense, they don't. Uh, they're not going to look past the injuries, especially what you guys have on offense. You know, you know, Brother Higgins and uh, Brother Chase and Brother Burrow and Brother Mixon, <laughs> you know, you, you get there and, and, and the kind of church that they like to have. They, they could have some Sundays where they get a lot of amens from the crowd. So uh, the Falcons aren't going to overlook those guys. But, you know, you guys might have to play some defensive tackle. I might have to go out there and play some quarterback yeah. because <laughs> Casey Hayward yeah. is out um, and uh, really made a big difference coming over. Uh, the, the word is his shoulder injury is much more severe, whatever mm. it is, than they want to know. They put him on the uh, IL this week, so he will mix the, miss the next four games. But the word we're getting is that it could be something more significant, and he could miss a long time. So there's a cornerback. Isaiah Oliver, who had missed all of last year, most of last year with an injury, he mm. left last week's game. And then later in the game, uh, A.J. Terrell yeah. ended up leaving the game. So, I mean, it was every play. It was just like, goodness, is somebody going to have to come in off the street so we can finish the game? So it'll be interesting <laughs> to see how you guys throw the ball and how the Falcons run the ball to see which team is able to impose its will o- over the other. Right. Yeah, we're, we're missing Cordell Patterson. You guys are missing Cordell Patterson, too. And he's on my fantasy team. Yeah, uh, I'm glad we're missing him. <laughs> yeah, he's been uh, – He's been one of those guys, a, a spark plug, because he always runs hard. He's always a threat to catch the ball out of the backfield. And he's always fighting for an extra mm-hmm. yard. So a third and one, a fourth and one, 
you know, he's not as big. He's a converted kick returner slash wide receiver. Mm-hmm. He's not like a big fullback body, but he, he runs upset. And, um, you know, him not being there, getting the short yards, it might be bootlegs. And Mariota's been used on a couple of quarterback sneaks. We'll, we'll just have to see if those scenarios present themselves, how, how they'll try to get first downs. The Bengals have been facing too high all season long. Uh, people have just been coming out too high because they just do not want Chase and Higgins beating them over the top. You know, and the Bengals have struggled with that. You know, last week was the first game they actually scored more than 30 points. You know, but defensively, they haven't given up a touchdown in the second half all season. You know, they get behind in these games. They make a comeback after halftime. And then it gets down to the last quarter, the last play in most of these games. How about getting after the quarterback? Bengals offensive line getting better, but still a little bit of a struggle. What's it like trying to get to the quarterback for the Falcons? I think this is one of the key things to watch. They haven't generated a lot of sacks, but just like everything else with the offense, everything has been timely. Grady Jarrett, uh, you know, leads the team in sacks and tackles for loss and, you know, back to back weeks against uh, Seattle. And uh, when they were able to come back home against the Browns on third and forever late in the fourth quarter, he came up with the two biggest sacks this season. I uh, had one in the fourth quarter against Tom Brady, and they called it a giant call. So that would have been three weeks in a row. He got to the quarterback in the fourth quarter with the game not decided and the Falcons having a chance to win. So it'll be yeah. interesting if Brady is able not only to get loose, but if this will be a game where he's able to get multiple Stats, or if some of the other guys, Lorenzo Carter, um, Arnold Ibakati, the rookie, yeah. uh, really uh, has been okay, but hasn't shown you know great flashes as of yet. They just started one of the rookies last week. He had been on special teams, uh, Troy Anderson, and uh, he was one of the leaders in tackles. So they may uh, send him on some some blitzes from the linebacking position. But mm-hmm. Joe Burrows, he's been banged up a lot, and uh, mm-hmm. you've been able to knock him around a little bit, and that's one of the things that Marcus Mariota has not had to deal with because they don't let them throw it that much and they're running the ball effectively. Yeah. That, yeah. That, that is one of the keys, you know, they've gotten a little bit better at pass blocking, but the Bengals struggle running the ball, you know, uh, mixing, I didn't think it's un, under like four yards of carry, like yeah, way yeah. under. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, they're just really struggling kind of running the ball. Hush, do you have a question? Um, I was, I'm, I'm saying I live, I'm in Sandy Springs and yes, the Falcons are my secondary team now. Um, what's, what's up with Calvin Ridley? Well, you know, Calvin Ridley, um, first of all, let me say this. Um, <laughs> preach, you know, preach, preach. Yeah, preach. I, 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 I want to preach sermons of positivity and sermons of help and hope. <laughs> there only been five people in the history of the National Football League to be suspended for gambling. And Calvin Ridley is number five. So when you think about the thousands and tens of thousands of people who have been suspended for gambling or could have been, and only five have been suspended by the NFL, it makes you scratch your head. Now, we can get into the conversation, all the other things players get into, how is this worth a one-year suspension, what about the face of the league and other more egregious things where people are actually involved. I get all of that. But on every single locker room door, in every single locker room, there's a big old sign with the shield that says you are not supposed to gamble. So, it's I call it the the peanut butter and jelly sandwich rule. There's nothing wrong 
with eating a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Nothing wrong. But if your boss tells you, if you eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, you're going to be out of here. And you eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, you're going to be out of here. And so it's very frustrating because when you look at what could have been, in theory, it could have been Marcus Mariota, even last year, Kyle Pitts and Calvin Ridley on the field together for Matt Ryan. You might not have drafted Drake London, but then if you draft Drake London, in theory, it could be Drake London, Calvin Ridley, and uh, Kyle Pitts. And now you start talking about what you guys have with T. Higgins and Jamar Chase and uh, Tyler Boyd, and you're talking about you know having prolific weapons. We're still a guy short. So Calvin Ridley, he, I don't think he'll be a Falcon. Uh, they tried to trade him uh, before the season oh. started. And once they found out the gambling thing was coming down, they made a trade with the Eagles. They had to rescind the trade to be honest with them, um, oh, okay. which is the right thing to do. And they rescinded the trade, say, hey, he's going to be suspended. We can't do this. And so he was suspended this year. Next year, uh, when he's off of his suspension, he is due his $11 million. So mm-hmm. they'll have to cut him the check for his extension for booking purposes. But I think he's outworn his welcome with this staff, and he will probably be traded on draft night or shortly before, as soon as his suspension is over. So the Falcons is 3-3. Three and three. Braves just got knocked out of the playoffs. Oh. Georgia, Georgia. I know. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> they bad. It, but it, are people excited about the Falcons at all? Like, I mean, is, you know, uh, is Sam Jackson doing commercials? Like, I mean, is there <laughs> any like excitement like for the Falcons at this point? <laughs> yeah, you know, it is. You know, part of what's been lost from the Falcons, um, you know, and, and you guys were right there. I mean, y'all right there at the cusp last year. You know, if 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 Joe Burrow's in sacked on that final play, you look at the all twenty two. You guys yeah, can be Super Bowl touchdown. champions. You know, it's a touchdown. And that's how we felt, um, you know, losing to the Patriots. If, if we just run the ball, we would have won. Part of what we lost since then has been the soul of the team. The Falcons, you know, have been up and down. They just had uh, their winningest decade ever. We just came out of the golden era with Matt Ryan. And uh, they never had back-to-back winning seasons until last decade. And so you're talking about a team that had support and had people grow up and generations grow up and just watching them lose. And so part of the soul of the team had been taken out after losing the Super Bowl. Next year you go and you lose with four downs inside the 10-yard line in Philadelphia. Then you just lose yeah. it some more. Then you lose Julio Jones. Now it's just yeah. Matt Ryan. Now he's gone. And you got this beautiful stadium and you have all these losses in it. And so I will say at the tailgates, the, 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 the last three games – at home, it feels like the coffers are starting to be refreshed, that souls are being able to have some light shine on them. People <laughs> actually feel good going in and coming right. out. And okay. uh, there's an opportunity that Arthur Smith could turn this thing around, and people are starting to believe that this is this is the solid ground on which the bones of a good, good run could be built. So next year when free agency comes around, is Arthur Blank going to open up the coffers to try to fill it? Or is he going to allow, you know, Smith to be like, look, we're just going to build this through the draft and keep it going? Because, I'm, you know, Arthur Blank wants to win one before he, he, he's gone. And I know that, you know, can get impatient sometimes trying to get to those Super Bowls. One thing about Arthur uh, Blank is you cannot say – he does not shorted anybody. Nope. Anybody. Yeah. Uh, you go back to Devontae Freeman, highest paid running back in the history of the NFL when he got his contract. Julio Jones, highest paid wide receiver, history of the NFL when he got his contract. 
Matt Ryan, highest paid quarterback in the history of the NFL when he got his contract. Deion Jones. So <laughs> when it comes time for you to get your bread and your paper, Arthur Blake opens up the checkbook. And he, it has not yielded Super Bowls, but I don't see him deviating away from that. And I think uh, now that they'll have a lot of money, the Falcons will have the most they're projected to have uh, between 130 and $137 million. Uh, in cap money, which would be the most in the NFL. So you go from the worst salary cap dead money situation in the history of the league to the most money to spend. If you can win without having that available, I think Arthur Smith and Arthur Blank can work out the right middle ground to get the right people in here for the right price. And and the NFC South should be kind of weaker once you get rid of TB12 and his uh, problems. Well, yeah, it's going to be total – it is almost total chaos now. Who's right, the yeah. quarterback in New Orleans? Matt right, Rule yeah. oh. just got fired. Who's the quarterback yeah. in, uh, in Carolina? Carolina? <laughs> Tom Brady. We don't know what's going on at his house. I don't yeah. live there with him. I don't live there with his wife. <laughs> he could be out of there. Who's quarterback <laughs> in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers next year? Yeah, Who knows? Exactly. Maybe Marcus Mariota could right. be the guy who emerges, and yeah. the Falcons are the most stable team in the right. NFC South beginning next year. Yeah, uh, I just saw that Andy Dalton is probably not going to play tomorrow night with a bad back. So I don't know who. I, I guess it'll be Taysom Hill. It'll be taking snaps at quarterback tomorrow. I mean, not. Hey, that's a them problem. Yeah, ain't nobody, ain't uh, nobody giving no tears for the fake here, <laughs> uh, for sure. All right, so the Bengals is five and a half point favorites at home. Uh, we always go with the predictions here at the end, man. So what do you think is going to happen Sunday, four o'clock? Um, well, the Falcons. Uh, don't know if you know, they have covered the spread. They're the only team that's covered the spread every, every single week. week. Well, we yeah. know. Six, yeah, we yeah. know. And six against the spread. <laughs> and I'm taking them to, to cover it again. I don't know if they'll win the game, but this team is never out of a game. It doesn't matter if you're up three scores. It doesn't matter if they were up two and blow a lead and you come back. This team has been in every game. And with your injury situation and the way that uh, Joe Burrow has been thumping around a little bit. I, I I think that lends itself to the Falcons sticking around. Uh, I don't know if they'll win the game because this is a big game for you guys uh, as well. But I, I do not expect the the Bengals to run the Falcons out of that stadium, and I expect the Falcons to be in the game with the Bengals late in the fourth quarter, like we've seen the first six weeks. But you got a prediction? I, I'm hoping. Let's see. The Bengals twenty seven. The Falcons twenty four. Right, it, it's always I'm, close. I'm putting so, my predictions down. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, you know, the last time we played, it took AJ at the last second to catch that ball to win. Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah so it's ago. always been close. I can see Falcons 28, Bengals 27. And <laughs> uh, something nice. coming down to the end, right there at the end. It, yeah, it's going to be – I think it's going to be an exciting game. I really do. I, I, yeah, I do too. Um, I'm probably going to go much lower scoring just because I don't trust the Bengals offense at this point still. I just don't. They just can't. They haven't been able to figure it out. Let's call it 21-18 Bengals, something like that. Okay. Yeah, Falcons cover. But it's if, if you know, y'all's kicker is running out there at the end of the game with a chance to win it at the end. We're done. Or if Evan McVision is running out there at the end of the game. <laughs> It won't surprise me in either way. Like, if one of them kickers is going out at the end to kick a field goal to either end it or send it in overtime or something like that. It's, it, they play close games. Uh, their histories are very intricately tied together 
and how they handle things. So yeah, that that that's my prediction. So yeah, Speaking of history, can you help me out with something? Can you help me out with the the who day versus the who that? I, I've kind of done some research and I can't get to an answer. I was hoping to talk to a, you know somebody that could help clear that up so I could get those Saints fans straight. <laughs> I don't have it, honestly. I like I okay. don't like. We grew up in Ohio. It was always Who Day. I didn't right. hear anything about Who Dat until I probably moved to Atlanta in like '06. So don't put it past <laughs> don't don't put it past the state to break yeah, a rule. Yeah, they still or, or do something for their own benefit. Right. Yeah. They might have been fine. Microphones, yeah, fine for cheating. Yeah, they, yeah, my, yeah. microphones in locker room. Bounty, bounty gate, yeah. highest fines <laughs> in the history. Coach suspended, highest fines. Who, right. You know, they, they, yeah, whatever, yeah. whatever they need to include breaking the rules, they'll do it. Don't worry about yeah. it. Yeah, yes, sir. Yeah, much like New Yorkers that say they hate Florida but move here. <laughs> hate Atlanta, but they sure as hell be moving up there. They <laughs> sure as hell be living there too. So, hey, home team, thank you very much, man, for coming on. We really appreciate you for sure. Like I said, we've been huge fans. Y'all listening, hey, check them on. out. Yep, 680 fan. The locker room was a 6 to 10 on 680 fan. So, I appreciate y'all. Yeah, right, I appreciate y'all. Great conversation. Anytime, I'll make sure I uh, repost this link. And uh, anytime you guys. Just want to chit chat about the Falcons. Anything uh, dealing here in Atlanta? Just hit me up, and I'd love to come back on again. Yes, All right, man. Thank you, brother. We love you, man. Peace. All right, thank y'all. Peace.